This daf is daf zayin in Masechet Ta'anit. We begin from the second line of daf zayin Amud Aleph. Amar Rabbi Abau. Amar Rabbi Abau. Gadol Yom HaGishamim Etchiyat HaMetim. The day of rain is greater than the day of the resuscitation of the dead. Etchiyat HaMetim. In other words, we're talking about the day of the rain, of the first rains of the season. Dilu Etchiyat HaMetim HaTadikim. Because the resuscitation of the dead is only for the righteous people. Whereas rain benefits both the righteous and the wicked. Upligado Rav Yosef. Rav Yosef is in disagreement with this. Rav Yosef said it's the same as Tchiyat HaMetim. Therefore they put it in the blessing of Tchiyat HaMetim. When we recognize Hashem for the rain, we mention it in the blessing of Mechaya HaMetim. So it, because it's, and if you think about it, it makes sense because rain is what continues to sustain life. It's like Tchiyat HaMetim. It is rain and water that keeps life going. The day that the rain comes is like the day that the Torah was given. Because when Moshe Rabbeinu was talking about the Torah, it says that my, my teaching should come down like rain. What is the lekach? What is the teaching? It's the Torah. I've given you a good teaching. Don't leave my Torah. We know that we all know that pasuk that we say all the time. Don't leave my uh, don't leave my Torah. That is from uh, Mishlei, and so uh, the Torah is lekach lekchi, and you see that uh, that it's compared. The rain coming down is compared to the giving of the Torah, and the uh, and but Rava says even more. Rava Amar yoter miyom shnedam b'Torah. Not only is the day of rain like the day of the giving of the Torah, it's even better because shnemar yarof kamatar lekchi because it says my teaching should come down. Like rain, mean nitlabemi. What what do you do whenever you're comparing something something else? You compare the thing that is lesser to the thing that's greater. So he's saying that because it says my teaching should be like the rain, the rain is the ultimate. My teaching is even less, right? We always attach the lesser thing to the greater thing. So the idea of rain, which is the the, the ability of the creation to sustain life, Hashem put the power of rain to sustain life. That's even greater than the power. Uh, given to us by the Torah. Rava, Rami, Rava showed a contradiction. One pasuk says that my, my, uh, teaching should rain down like rain, should come down like rain. And it says it should flow like dew. Now these are two different things because Ya'arof sounds like very powerful storming rain as opposed to the gentle flowing of the dew. If the Talmud Chacham is a, is proper, is a proper person, so then Katal, it will be like dew flowing Beautifully, perfectly, um, because it's gentle. Vim lav, and if not, then it will, uh, it says, kill him like the, like the rain coming down. The word la'arof can mean to behead, like the egla'arufa. In other words, the idea is that, uh, if the, um, if the person bearing the teachings is somebody who is unworthy, so then they should be destroyed. The Torah should lead to them being destroyed. But if they're somebody good, then the teaching will flow like two. In the bright that says that Rabbi Benar used to say, Anybody who studies Torah for the right reasons, the Shem Shemaim, the Torah becomes for him, something that gives him life. Because it says it is a tree of life to those who hold fast to it. And it says also in the beginning of Mishlei, a very famous pasuk, it will be a healing for your body. And it will uh, sustain your bones. It also says that a person who finds me, meaning finds the wisdom of Torah, has found life. So it's all about life. But anybody who studies Torah, not for the right reasons, it becomes a deadly poison. Because it says, my teaching will come down, 
with uh, it will rain down hard. And Yarof comes from the word Hariga to kill, to behead. We know the story of the Eglarufa when there's an unsolved homicide and we have to take a calf and we decapitate the calf. So it's, it's a reference to decapitation. So it's terrible that the Torah can destroy somebody who has the wrong uh, motive. And of course, Tosfot in uh, several places talk about the um, difference between Shelolishma and what it's talking about here. Because we, often, we usually say somebody who learns or does mitzvot Shelolishma is good because eventually they'll do it for the right reasons. Um, whereas uh, somebody who, uh, not, not everybody can be on the level of Lishma. To say that somebody's going to die from doing it Shelolishma seems uh, very negative. So Tosfot's answer in every place is that basically what it means is that a person who is seeking Shelolishma because he wants to honor or he wants achievement or something like that, that's okay. But a person who is learning Torah Shalolishma, meaning because he wants to destroy the Torah, he wants to disprove it, he wants to mess with it, that type of Lolishma is the one that is destructive. There's another more pshat way of interpreting it, which is that if a person uh, learns Torah Lishma, uh, or lolishma here, it means that he doesn't have any desire to learn it for the right reasons, as opposed to a person who learns shalolishma knowing that one day he'll develop a desire to learn it for its own sake. That person still is doing the right thing. He said to him, come and teach something. He said, I'm too tired. I can't do it. So he asked him, please tell us an agada, something light. He says, because the man is a tree of the field. Is a person a tree of a field? We're not talking about the kinds of trees that you're not supposed to cut down at a time of war. It says, you eat from it, so don't cut it down. One pasuk says... That you, you, you eat from this fruit, the fruit of this tree, so you shouldn't cut it down. The other one says that one that doesn't give fruit, you should cut it down. Right? In other words, it's a metaphor for people because it says the man is like a person of the field, uh, the man is like a tree of the field. So the tree that you cut down and the tree you're not allowed to cut down also is a metaphor for a person. That if the person is good, is proper behavior, you shouldn't cut him down, you should learn from him, you should eat from him. If not, you should cut him down. In other words, if a Talmud Chacham has bad midot, is evil, is wicked, has the wrong intention, he shouldn't be tolerated, you shouldn't be learning from him, you should get rid of him. Rabbi Chama, Rabbi Chama said, and it says uh, that it should say, Rabbi Chama Beribi, Chanina, right? That iron... Uh, and, and iron together, meaning that iron sharpens uh, the uh, iron sharpens another piece of iron. Just like when it comes to iron, one piece of iron sharpens the other. Similarly, um, that learn with each other sharpen each other to make themselves uh, to improve themselves. That's the that's the meaning of the pasuk. And the whole pasuk is that uh, iron in. Iron on iron together, and a person with the face of his friend. So it's saying that the that, that's the whole pasuk. So the idea is that people sharpen each other too. Why is the Torah said Why is the Torah um, compared to fire? Why is it compared to fire? Just like fire doesn't start with one stick. You need uh, a bunch of sticks. You need a bunch of pieces. So too, don't exist on their own. You have to have camaraderie. You have to have a chavruta. You have to have a, a, a teacher. You have to have something. Like Rabbi Yosef said, very famous drasha of Rabbi Yosef It says, a sword against habadim, which they're interpreting here to mean against the lonely people. 
people, the normal one, they become foolish. What does that mean? There should be a sword against the haters of Tamir Chachamim. Now, whenever the Gemara says the haters, it really means the people themselves. Meaning, it should really say a sword against the Tamir Chachamim, but they don't want to say that because that's a terrible thing to say. So they say a sword against the haters of a Tamir Chachamim. That they learn alone. Not only should a sword be against them, but they become stupider. Because it says became foolish. Not only are they foolish, but they are sinning in doing it. Because it says here they become foolish. We have been foolish and we have sinned. So it's wrong to learn alone without a chavutah. Alternatively, we learn from here. It says that the princes of Tzohan have become foolish. And they have uh, misled Egypt. <coughs> In any case, it's why, is the, why are the words of Torah like a, like a tree? Like it says, the, it's a tree of life for those who hold on to it. Just like a small stick can, can cause a large tree to go on fire. So the younger ones, the smaller ones, so to speak, can light up. The older ones can inspire them, can teach them. Like Rabbi Hanina said, I learned a lot from my teachers, and I learned more from my friends, but I learned the most from my students, because the students ask questions, there's back and forth, they challenge, and so on. And that brings out the best in the teacher. Rabbi Hanina showed a contradiction. And one pasuk, it says, for the person who is thirsty, bring to them water. Right? So that, uh, so, uh, uh, but another pasuk says, But another pasuk says, if you're thirsty, go to the water. I'm not going to bring it to you. If he is a proper student with the right midot, you should bring the water to him. You should go to teach him. If he's not, you tell him, you search out a teacher. You seek out a teacher. You need to work on yourself and get to the point where you can have a teacher. I'm not going to bring the Torah to you because you're not ready. It says that your well springs should burst forth, should spread out. But another one, Pasuk, it says you should keep it to yourself. In other words, in one case, it sounds like you should share your wisdom, your your mayanot, your wellsprings of knowledge with everyone. And in another Pasuk, it sounds in, in Mishlei, it says the knowledge should be for you and nobody else. So, if you have a student who's really worthy, you should teach him everything. Then keep it to yourself. You don't want to share wisdom with somebody who's not ready for it, who's going to disgrace the wisdom by not living up to the meaning of it. Why are words of Torah compared to water? Because it says, anybody thirsty, go for water. Just like water will always find the lowest place. It will always sink down to the lowest place. So too, a a divrei uh, will only be in someone who is datosh fala, which means that his he he is humble. It will go. It will not be stay among the arrogant. It will go to the humble people. The Torah is compared to water, also to wine, and also to milk. We already saw the word about water. Go get the water if you're thirsty, meaning spiritually thirsty. And it says, go purchase without money and without a price, wine and milk. It's talking about wisdom. Just like these liquids, you always keep them in cheap containers. Right after so too, Torah wisdom only sustains is only able to be sustained in a person who is humble, not somebody who's showy and flashy and showing off and all that, on the, and, and uh, absorbed in the externals. Okay, that a person won't be able to learn. Like the fair, very famous story of the daughter of the Caesar who said to Rabbi Yosho ben Hanania, she said to him, Rabbi Yosho ben Hanania apparently was a very ugly guy. 
So she said, why is there such beautiful wisdom in such an ugly vessel? Amar la. So he said to her, Your father, he puts wine in uh, earthenware vessels. Right? He puts wine in klecheres, uh, in earthenware vessels. What should we put it in? You guys are important. You're big shots. You're king. Royalty. You should put the wine in gold and silver containers. So she went and told her father. And it went. To, she, she moved the wine over to uh, golden and silver containers. And with takif. And of course it went. It got spoiled. Uh, because it oxidizes. So they went and they said to, and they said to the king that it got ruined. And Amar and the king came and told his daughter, Man Amarlach, Hachi, who's who to who told you uh, to do this? Amar she said to him, Rabbi Yosheb ben Chananya. So she said, Rabbi Yosheb ben Chananya. In other words, the servants came and told the king that the wine was spoiled. The king went to his daughter and said, Who told you to do this? She said, It was Rabbi Yosheb ben Chananya. So they called him, Why did you say this to my daughter to put our wine in fancy vessels that got ruined? Like she said to me, I said to her. In other words, she said an ugly, a beautiful thing can't be in an ugly container. So I showed her that a beautiful thing sometimes only can be sustained in an ugly container. Uh, and then, But weren't there some beautiful people who did learn and did succeed. So, uh, so Rabbi Yosheb Ben said, if they were ugly, they would have learned more because it's impossible, as she says, to be humble if you are too handsome, if you're too good looking. Tosfot says it means if they were sanu, if they hated beauty, in other words, if they, it's not just, it's not about the physical aspect of what you look like. It's about your attitude. If you don't care about it, then it doesn't matter how good looking you are. If you don't focus on it, invest time and energy in it, then you'll still be able to learn. Another thing. These three things, water, milk, and wine, only become invalidated. If you don't watch them carefully, they only become ruined when you don't watch them carefully. As she says, They can easily become ruined if you don't keep an eye on them. So too... Only if you are uh, negligent will you lose your knowledge of Torah. But if you continually go over it, review it, and repeat it, you will keep that knowledge. Great is the day of the rain. And according to the Bach, it should say, Um, And others have, Either it's the same or greater than the day that the heavens and earth were created. As it says, <coughs> As it says, the uh, up, upper heavens should bring rain. So it says that, that the uh, that the uh, the heavens should should drip with should flow with righteousness. The earth should open and salvation will sprout forth. And charity or righteousness. Will uh, blossom together. I am Hashem. Ani Hashem berati beratim lo nemar. It doesn't say I created them. Ela berati, I created it. Meaning, it's a re- reference just to the rain alone. So, of all the creation of Hashem, the main thing was, uh, or the e- or it's equal. Meaning, either the heavens and earth are equal to uh, everything, 
equal to the day that the world was created, or even greater than when the world was created, because he only refers to the creation of it, of the rain. Uh, the, um, the day of rain is great because even salvation increases on it. Because it says the earth will open and salvation will sprout up. Rain doesn't come down until the sins of the Jewish people are forgiven. As it says, you have found favor with your land, you have returned the captivity of Yaakov, you have forgiven their, the sins of your people and covered up their sins. And uh, what you see from that is that uh, from the fact it says, you have found favor with the land, that means you've provided rain for the land because you've forgiven the sins of the Jewish people. You learned it from over there. We learned it from a different place. We learned it from the Pasuk of uh, the Tfilab Shlomo Amelech. When uh, Shlomo Amelech says that, rather, right? So that's the, um, the Tfilab of, of Shlomo Amelech that he says, You will hear from the heavens and forgive. The sins of the Avadecha Vamacha Israel, Kitorem et Ader Chatovashe Yelchuba, Venatatamatat al Arzecha, Ashenatat al Amchal and Achala. That's the complete Pasuk. In other words, he's talking there about how the Jewish people will be forgiven and then rain will fall on their land. So that's an explicit support for this idea that when they're forgiven, then they're able to see rain. Amar Bitanchum Barid Rabbi Chia, Ishkarako. Rabbi Tanchum, the son of Rabbi Chia, a man of the village of Akko, said, Enchimina Tarim, El Emkin and Chaibuson Enchil Israel, Klaya. The rain is only withheld if the Jewish people are really liable to destruction. It says uh, dryness and heat. Steal the waters of the uh, snow. To the depths they have sinned. So how are they interpreting this? They're interpreting it to mean that when when they are so bad that they deserve to go to destruction... That's when the rain is withheld, when the heat and the dryness steal the rain. You got it from that pasuk. We have a different pasuk. It says very explicitly that Hashem is going to withhold the rain in the Kriyat Shema, and you're going to and you're going to be driven out of the land. So obviously you are you are or you're going to be destroyed. Literally, Vavatem means. So the idea is that he's taking more obvious psukim, less drashah type of psukim, but more obvious psukim. Why is the rain withheld? Because of the failure to separate Tuman Maser and to give those portions of the. Uh, produce to the Kohanim and Levim, etc. Where, where do they get that from this Pasuk, that dryness and heat steal the rain? Because of the things I commanded you, meaning in the hot times, when, you're supposed to, when you have the uh, produce has been harvested from the field and you're supposed to do it, and you didn't do it, that's going to steal from you the rainwater later on. In other words, what you fail to do in the summer, separating the Tumot and Masrod, causes you to lose the rain in the rainy season that, that is after it. That, that rain is withheld because of those who say Lashon Horash. As it says, that the northern wind creates the rain, and a secret tongue causes angry faces. Now, Lashon Sater means Lashon Horash, meaning that... Um, uh, they hear that what Rashi said, explains it, he says like this, that means tivatil, that the northern wind will, will negate the rain. 
okay? Because Hashem is showing an angry face due to the Lashon Tzatir, due to the Lashon Hara that's going on. The reason why we don't have any rain, it's because of arrogant people, Shnemar. As it says in the Pasuk, and this is a, uh, uh, this Pasuk is from uh, Yirmiyahu, uh, it says, that the rain and the late rain will be withheld. I'm sorry. That you had an impudent face, a face of an ishazona, of a, uh, a woman who is a moral woman, meaning that you had a face of arrogance. Anybody who's arrogant is going to eventually trip up in a sin. Because it says, you had the face of an ishazona, of an arrogant person, meaning that um, that fact that you had uh, the face of an arrogant person means that eventually you are going to uh, you're going to sin. But the Rav Nachman says, It's not that they're going to sin in the future, it's that they already sin. Because it says that you already had such a face. In other words, the rain is being withheld because of sins you did in the past. And the fact that I can tell you're a sinner is because you're arrogant now. It doesn't say you will, it says you have it already. Anybody who's arrogant, you can call him wicked. It says the, uh, that the... Uh, uh, the that uh, that Rashi explains that that the person who has um, arrogance, uh, you can say you're wicked to his face. That's how he's interpreting the pasuk. You can call him wicked to his face. You can even hate him. Because it says that the person who has an arrogant face, it changes his face. In other words, an arrogant person's face changes. Don't read it as that it will be changed. Rather, you can hate that face. You can hate the person who is arrogant. The reason why the rain is withheld is because of lack of Torah. Because it says that the roof will fall in because of laziness. Now that, literally, it's talking about because if you don't maintain your house, it's going to fall apart. But it says, because of the weak, of the laziness of not learning Torah, it's as if the hater of Hashem, meaning Hashem himself, as we said before, whenever it says a hater, it really means the person themselves or the thing itself, just doesn't want to say it. So when it says, it means it's as if they're making Hashem weak. The, the one who gives the roof became weak, right? The one who roofs became weak. And what does mach mean? It means poor. Because it says when you can't afford to pay the donation that you that you committed to for the Bet HaMikdash, you're called Mach. Then Who is the one who makes the roof? It's Hashem. Because it means, says he, he, uh, he roofs his upper water, with water his upper chambers. Okay? is the one that makes the roof. So the idea is that when when we are lazy, Hashem cannot give us the Bacha that He wants to give us. He wants to give us the Bacha, but He's too weak. He's too poor to be able to do it because we don't allow him because we're too lazy and therefore we don't get the rain. Rav Yosef said from a different pasuk. So it says that now they didn't see light. It's clear in the skies. And a wind came by and cleaned it out. And there's no light except for Torah. Because it says a candle is a mitzvah. And a mitzvah is a candle, and the Torah is light. Because Lora Uor, because they didn't study Torah, it is clear in the skies, meaning there's no clouds, there's no rain coming. 
And Tanat uh, Vereb Shmuel, Afilu Shashor Ken Nasa Berun Berun, Lorita Lamatar, Wachabaut Tarim. It goes even further than that. Even if the sky became full of uh, bright spots, meaning there's a bunch of clouds uh, there, just like Tzarat is called Baharet, a bunch of bright spots in the sky that it's about to rain, Wachabaut Tarim, the wind will come and push them away because the people weren't learning Torah, so they didn't deserve to have the rain. Amar meaning even if it is naturally, it would happen naturally, Hashem prevents it from happening. Amar Rabbi Ami said, The reason why the rain is withheld is because of stealing. Because it says, uh, as it says in the Pasuk, that and it says, Al uh, Kapayim, uh, where's the Pasuk? Al Kapayim Kisaor, Vaitzav Alav Mafkiah. Uh, on his hands, he covered light. And he was commanded with an intercession. So we'll see exactly what, how the Gemara explains this. Al Kapayim Kisaor means that Al Kapayim Kisaor, Bavon Kapayim Kisaor, because of the sin of the hands, Kisaor, he covered the light. And here, Vein Kapayim El Hamas. Here, hands mean Hamas, means. Uh, Means means uh, stealing. Because it says the Hamas, the unjust gain that was in their hands. And here, Oro doesn't mean Torah, but it means the rain. Because it says that the cloud will shine its light. In other words, the idea is that because of stealing, Kisa or Hashem covered the light. He prevented the light of the clouds to come and bring the uh, bring the rain. What can we do? We can increase prayer. That's the end of the pasuk there in Eov. It says, meaning that our obligation then is to pray. What does pigyah mean? It means approaching Hashem in prayer. As it says in the very famous pasuk, don't pray for these people. That's in Yerbiyahu. And do not approach, meaning don't approach me in tefillah over this. So the point is that when you're in a situation where uh, there's been injustice, there's been stealing, there's been robbery, there's been every reason to withhold the rain. Our only hope is for, when it's too late is for tefillah. Obviously, we have to do tshuva as well, but tefillah for the emergency of having no rain is our only hope in that situation. Bezor Hashem will continue here in the next year.